Hi everyone, welcome to Confidently Own Your Narrative. Lila here, really excited to be doing my second podcast and I have a special guest with me. So what is your name and what is our relationship? Kind of gave it away, didn't you? Um, <laughs> my name's Ethan and our relationship is that. We are in a relationship and we have been for the last two plus years. Beautiful. So, very lucky to be able to say that. Yeah. Beautiful partnership. Really grateful for you. And thank you for being my first guest. Mm, the pressure. Exactly. <laughs> and for my first podcast. And I'm excited to have this be a little bit more of a dynamic episode today. I think we're going to be talking about some of the real stuff, some of the lovey stuff, some wisdom, some advice. Or lack thereof wisdom sometimes. Yeah. Know, we've all been through that. Exactly. We're just <laughs> we're just figuring it out as we go. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to talk about, because we're in a very healthy relationship and partnership right now. I know that the two of us previously maybe weren't in the healthiest of relationships. We can get into that. But I'd love for you to just share a little bit about maybe your last romantic relationship and maybe why it wasn't the right fit. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're always good and bad relationships and that kind of just, in my opinion, isn't always indicative on the person, but in terms of, like you said, the partnership itself, I think two amazing people can get together. However, if they're not compatible, things will clash. And, you know, not to say that my last partner was amazing, um, but we certainly were not on the same page. Um I'm a little bit softer, more sensitive, lackadaisical, and um, I think when it came to our communication style, it was, I almost felt like I was on the defensive a lot. Um, however, that was her way of being blunt, and that never really registered for me. Um, I always like to check and make sure things are okay, and then sometimes double check, but that might sometimes come from anxiety, however that seemed to be a thorn in her side, so to speak. And her bluntness to me was rude at times. And I think when it came to our communication style, it just totally clashed. And, you know, after the honeymoon phase was over, uh, I think that that was the beginning of the end of our relationship because we would disagree on a lot. We would actually have some fights. And I'm not one who's really good with fights like not that somebody should be good with it however you know I grew up in a household where my parents fought a lot and my dad would cuss at my mother and my mother would cuss at my dad and you know fights ruined their relationship and led to their divorce and I think that was always a big point of contention for me and not to say that couples can't disagree um, but disagreeing in a way that feels productive yeah. <laughs> is, I think, sometimes the key to a healthy relationship. And I think for me, the biggest difference between that and this is like our ability to weed things out eh, before it gets to that point of yeah. us being emotionally heightened and just being able to have a real conversation without judging each other. Yeah, I think that you and I really connected on this issue because we navigated conflict in our past relationships in a really unhealthy and challenging way. And I think that when the two of us engage in 
in conflict now, we're really having a conversation and we really want to hear the other side and we don't want to raise voices. I know that for my last relationship, while you and I bonded over this so much because my previous one, I felt like I couldn't even engage in conflict. I feel like my, my default would be to, to cry. And I know that or that shut would, down or like, shut down. Exactly. Yep, I would do the same. <laughs> and so even though this was my, my last romantic relationship, that was someone that I thought could be it for me. And I thought that I had to resort to be with this person because I was with them for a year, a year and a half. And then it was two mm-hmm. years and was like, is this the best that I can have? Am I, yeah. am I compromising? on this and I think that um I think that you hit upon a really a lot of really important points of just how you um just how you navigated that that conflict um I think part of the reason why we are so close and are able to communicate this way is because we kind of both had similar experiences and I think we also respond to that conflict Mm -hmm. in similar ways um not to say everybody has to always be the same as their partner, but I think the way in which we resolve conflict is very similar. Mm-hmm. And then that this leads to a little bit of an easier communication because we usually know what the other person is thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think there's also something to be said about a partnership is we want to move forward together. It's not that we're fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. We're not just individuals in this. Yeah. Um, so what did you learn about yourself from your last relationship? You know, I, I do have to give her credit a little bit because one of the things that we would fight about is she would always say why do I have to tell you something for you to think about it or do it why can't you just do it and just know that that's something that I need or want in that moment I'm just like what are you talking about how am I supposed to read your mind like this isn't like this isn't something that I understand and I was like oh that's not real that's fake Uh, I'm getting badgered for no reason, but in reality, um, I found that that is possible. It sometimes takes some time, but at a certain point, I think you and I are in very similar wavelengths to the point where we can kind of understand what the other is thinking, like I said, and be able to do things preemptively uh, to support the other person. And I have to give her credit for that because I didn't think that existed. (laughs) I didn't think mind reading was a thing, but it's not so much mind reading as like understanding your person Mm -hmm. and then going out of your way to make that no. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, on that note, I'm kind of curious if there's something that you were able to learn from your last partnership too, because I think with our similar experiences, it's kind of helped create us into the partner that we are for each other. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to why I wanted to do this episode of like how do I own my romantic relationships narrative and story? And I think what I learned is that if I want something, I have to say it and I have to advocate for myself. If I'm feeling like my feelings aren't being heard, if I feel like my needs aren't being met, I can't expect my partner to read my mind. I have to be the one to communicate that. And I don't think that I really was to 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 his credit I really don't think I gave him like full opportunities to really meet my needs and I think that I had the fear of disappointing I had the fear of going against the grain fear of like expressing what I needed and I think that in the end we had a very amicable 
breakup and ending um, in the sense of we understood why we were doing this. Hmm. But I think that, um, I think he, all he wanted was for me to really say what I wanted and say what I needed and really communicate that effectively. So that's what I really learned um, from that last relationship and made sure that I took that forward um, into whatever my future relationship was going to be, which mm-hmm. is um, the one that we have now. So um, I'm really happy about that. So what did you... <laughs> I know, it's just, this is silly and fun, and we're just we're just having a good time. I know, have uh, some wine. Yeah, so we're, we're wine. having a little glass of wine in advance of some Valentine's Day. Woohoo. Um, woo-hoo. <laughs> um, but after that relationship, what did you learn that you wanted afterwards? I truly just needed a reset, um, kind of reevaluate like what I'm doing and what I want. And I was always somebody that had a partner and, you know, I had a partner from like high school through most of college. Um, I went away for work and then came back, was in another relationship and I've never really been in a time in my professional career at that point where I was on my own, not pursuing a partner and kind of just doing exactly what I want or needed at any given time. And so I I truly just woke up, went to bed, went through my week and weekends only thinking about myself. And I think that can feel isolating at times, but I also lived with my best friend at the time, Jordan, and he was very helpful in all honesty, to kind of help with that process because he was somebody who was usually alone and then got a partner. So it's kind of the inverse Mm -hmm. of what I was experiencing. So that kind of gave me some good context. But it was really just a lot of soul searching, not just for what I wanted in my career, but what I wanted in a person. And yeah, a lot of wine bottles to myself, (laughs) um, a lot of video (laughs) games, a lot of smoking weed. And not that any of those things are bad, but when they're being done to kind of keep you, I don't think still is the word, but just to kind of keep you content, Mm. um, that can be a problem. And not to say that I became an alcoholic or, you know, a drug addict by any means, but like those were my crutches and Mm. I had them regularly and I wasn't super happy with myself and those experiences, but it was also COVID. So it's like, what are, what else are we going to do other than binge watch television, hang out at the house? Um, I I truly believe if it wasn't for Jordan, like throughout that time, Mm. I would have been in a pretty dark place. Um, But living with somebody during COVID makes that sense of loneliness shared (laughs) Mm -hmm. which um makes it easier to bear yeah i um i lived with my best friend and my sister julie and also that if i didn't have her after my breakup and during that period of being single to really support me and to hold me when i cried and to also help me realize that i was making the best decision for me made me know kind of like that I was going to be okay. Mm. And then I was going to find someone who I knew that I like would make me happy and Mm. I could be my full self with. I think that that's what I realized that I wanted out of my next relationship is someone that I can be a hundred percent authentically me, weird, silly, ambitious, um, sensitive, silly, all the things. I just wanted to show up as me. 
mm-hmm. in my next partnership and relationship. Um, Nobody wants to feel like they have to walk on eggshells, and that goes for either party. Yeah. Um, you know, to that note, like, I had to walk on eggshells with my past partner, but they also had to do the same for me because of my sensitivity. Yeah. And it can happen in different for different reasons in the same environment and that's just one negative reinforcing loop going around and around <laughs> yeah it's yeah i think it's it, it's an interesting parallel that both of us have are so in tune with our sensitivity and mm-hmm. our like compassion for another person that sometimes that can be our downfall where too. does that come from you think for for mm-hmm. you where does my sensitivity come from that's a good question i think that i have a very um, I've always been a colicky baby. I think I've always just been a really like sense. I said in the last episode, I call my sense of self a sensitive butterfly. I think that my, my mom is really in touch with her emotions. And I think that I've always been really compassionate towards people and wanting to help others. And I think I just have such a strong empath mm. that I always want others to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I always want me to be okay. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where my emotion comes from. Yeah. But um, but we can get to that on another on another episode <laughs> down the line. I have some I have some guests maybe that I'll bring on. We can talk about that. Okay. Um, maybe this is kind of a a question I didn't tell you I was gonna ask. Oh, okay. But <laughs> what's maybe a piece of wisdom you would give to someone who may be feeling like they're not in the right relationship for them right now? I mean that's hard because. To not be in the right relationship can show up in a lot of different ways. I mean, it could be sexual incompatibility, communication. It could be just different lifestyles. I don't like going through myself, at least, like Mm -hmm. a checklist of, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Um, I think that could really convolute a lot of the issues or feelings somebody might have. Um, I like to kind of dumb things down. Um, to positives and negatives. You know, when you interact with this person in this way, is it thumbs up or thumbs down? (laughs) And how many thumbs up did you wake up feeling excited to see them? Do you go to sleep, you know, grateful that they were there? And if those things don't truly line up, I think it kind of just comes down to, is this person having a positive effect on your life? Mm -hmm. Are you having a positive effect on theirs? Mutually beneficial? If not, then then it just might not be the right fit. But I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that question to because honestly, I've never broken up with anybody. I've Mm. always been the one who was broken up with. And I think that's because I never wanted to hurt the other person that comes from the sensitive side. But at the same time, maybe I didn't see that long-term vision because I was just content. Mm. I think being content isn't always a positive thing. I think... When somebody asks you how you feel about relationships, like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, oh, the status okay. quo, the like status kind of flat quo lining. is not. That is the worst place to be mm. because it's not great. It's not terrible. It's just fine. So mm. there's no reason to end it, right? But yeah. there's no excitement to keep going, and that's when you find yourself in limbo, <laughs> which is also hard because how do you end something that's in limbo when there's nothing smacking you in the face saying you got to get out? Yeah. Um, and it also, I think, makes moving on from that person also harder mm-hmm. because it's not like you guys fought or they cheated on you or you can't just 
scream from the mountaintop, screw this person. It's like, okay, we kind of had like a normal breakup and you get to move on in separate ways. So I think in terms of advice, it's just be wary of status quo Mm. and try not to find yourself in limbo as much as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Yeah. I think for me, I think to to give a little bit more context is this person and I dated pre-COVID 2019 and I ended the relationship in March. I ended the relationship on my birthday. Mazel tov. March birthday. 5th, 2021. <laughs> mm. Right? Yeah. And... um. And, you know, there was a lot of really monumental things. COVID, shelter in place, an election year, um, a lot of... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Sorry, not that that's going to happen. Yeah, a lot of just like like inherent racism happening in the United States and the world. And I think for me, my values just started to bubble up inside me and... Some things that like didn't come out like before COVID, like 2019 was like the honeymoon Mm. and 20, when we got into 2020, the real stuff started to come out. And I think if I was to give a piece of wisdom to something is when the real stuff starts to come up, really talk about it and really stand in your values, stand in where you are confident because this could be a person that you spend the rest of your life with. So are you saying that you should own your narrative? Yes, you should. <laughs> but hey, but I think it's true. I think you I have to, you have to really, no matter how hard it is, I, ending this relationship made me so nervous to start over. And I think that don't let the fear of starting over prevent you from having the best life and partner that you can have. Couldn't agree more. And I'll, and I'll, cut my ramble there because i could talk about this for for so long but um i'd like to talk about us sure i think that we've learned a lot from our past i think that we've talked a lot about our past i think that we had lots of opportunities to talk in a first year of Mm, our relationship too and we'll get a little bit into that but if we were to give our listeners the short version of how we met and how our right. relationship blossomed. How does the story go? And I can, and the I can short also, version. Yeah, you have to keep me honest here. Um, I'm not one to tell short versions usually. Me neither. Um, but I'll give it a shot. So when we met, I was in a place in my life where I was not looking for a partner, um, or at least a true partner. Um, you know, I was talking to a few people. I was like kind of doing my like hot boy summer type of thing. And even though it was winter, uh, <laughs> and I was just doing my thing, only kind of caring about myself. And we met at a late Shabbat. If those of you don't know, it's like a big Shabbat service and drinks and party after. Yeah, it's a Jewish young adult social yeah. event. And they were honoring you for the work you've done for the board, which mm-hmm. was, you know, putting on events volunteering with your time and effort and they said they were going to miss you and I'm like I wonder where she's going and it turned out that you were going to London that happened to be where my first job was so my ears perked up obviously and I wanted to just talk to you because you don't hear too many people who are going from the states to London all that often and you know 
Hand on my heart, I swear to God, I was just simply trying to be a good person and a friend to you. We were all masked up and I was offering introductions and trying to see if you wanted any help moving to London in terms of like what to look out for, people to meet, because it's hard. Moving to a new country is not easy and you feel like a fish out of water for a while, so I just wanted to see what I could do to help. Long story short... We ended up talking a little bit, and I threw out one joke that I think forever solidified our potential relationship. It was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll come visit you. And I didn't think much of it when I said it, and you responded with, oh, well, shouldn't we go get dinner or a drink first to see if it's even worth it? And I think that was the beginning of the end of me looking for a partner, um, because we proceeded to have a date. I left that date being like, oh my god, what just happened? That was the most raw, organic like experience I have had in my life in terms of just resonating with somebody. And then you were leaving in a month or less. So we pretty much put our relationship on the fast track to you know, seeing each other all the time. I think I drove out to the city two or three times a week and we mm-hmm. met up and we... At dinner, hung out with your sister at Nick or what you have helped you. Me pack. I, I helped you pack after knowing you for three days. Um, and I think your family was also very supportive of this random dude who popped out of nowhere into their daughter's life mm-hmm. who's now leaving for London. I mean, if I were them, I'd be like, what the heck's this guy doing? Like, is he, you know, on something? Because what is he like? He's just hovering and he's always around. But. I think they truly saw that I cared for you. Yeah. And you obviously cared for me and Mm -hmm. I think empowered us to also see this through. I know I'm taking the long-winded answer of how we met, but... No. It's kind of all that all-encompassing month that we just fast-tracked our way through learning about each other. And I don't even think it was the SparkNotes version because I think we learned almost everything as much as we possibly yeah. could about each other. Yeah, it's like we had a like we had a, this weird deadline where we tried to squeeze as much in-person in like conversation and time with each other to really see, hey, could this go the distance? Could we like Is this worth it? Is this worth it? <laughs> yeah. So like and for me, when we had met, I was very much purposefully single. I, mm-hmm. after my last relationship, I was single the whole year and really wanted to make sure that once I knew that I was moving to London, I said, I'm going to go find my British prince mm. and I'm going to go it's get Nigel. <laughs> exactly. And so when I thought when I was moving out there that I would meet someone. And so when I met you, it just totally threw me off. And I remember that first date, like it was yesterday. We talked for hours and hours and hours and just I could not get enough of you. You were thoughtful. You asked so many really important questions. And we really talked about the important things. We talked about our traumas on day one. Yeah, we did. And that's also important. And that's something where I I felt so safe with you. Um, And so the story goes that uh, we went on a date three weeks later. I fly to London. We FaceTime every single day, multiple times a day until we decide that you're going to come out and visit me for my birthday. Took your parents' spot with that one, too. Yep, my parents. Exactly. (laughs) My parents wanted to come out, and I said, Mom and Dad, uh, Ethan's actually going to 
going to come out and have Ooh, a visit. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but hey, the, the it, it all worked out in the end. But you came out to London. You met all of my friends over there. Shout out to my London crew. Ooh, ooh. And, uh, and you asked me to be your girlfriend. Yeah. And we had... Just a really amazing time in London for about a week. And then we flew to Sweden and celebrated my birthday and met one of my best friends and her partner. And yeah. it was a great experience. And then you went home. And then we did two months of FaceTime three day, three times a day. Shout out to Wordle. Yeah. sponsored us. Yeah. But honestly, we probably should have done this a long, this a long time, ago. time ago. But we literally played Wordle every single night for you an afternoon for me yeah i would put my clock from four o'clock to 12 i went to like india time or yeah. something or london time it was you know and we did wordle every night mm -hmm. and that was like our thing yeah. no matter what we would hop on do wordle i would usually lose because we did compete against each other for least amount of squares least amount of time doing it exactly um, but yeah it was it was hard at yeah, times it was it was hard a lot of the time because it's simply just looking at somebody through a screen yeah and it's difficult with intimacy we had to be creative and you know i think that's okay you know and i'm proud of us yeah because i never thought long distance was in the cards nor would i want to subject myself or at least old me would never want to subject future me to doing it but, I mean, I would have done it for another year if it meant that I get to continue mm. being your partner. Yeah, me too. And I think that those two months between you leaving after we decided to be officially boyfriend and girlfriend or partners to then when you came back and then we lived together for two and a half months and you stayed with yeah. me, I, I thought to myself, okay, I think this is it because I was a little anxious before you visited me. I'd never lived with a partner mm. before full time like that. And I think that that's what I knew that this was it. And we did that for a full year. Uh, after that, two and a half months, uh, you flew back. Then I flew back. I spent a couple weeks in California and then I flew back to London and spent a couple months on my own there. And then you visited me. And then, you know, we went through so many ups and downs oh, yeah. of you getting a new job um, losing a job, me deciding to move back home. And we went through so many milestones that individuals usually don't go through. And we went through them collectively together within our first year of dating and did that long distance and lived together. I mean, that also on top of, you know, you moved by yourself in a different country. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's hard for somebody to realize if they haven't done it themselves, like all of the small challenges that come with living outside of the U.S. Like, I know you mentioned in your last episode, like how it's how easy it is to take advantage of health insurance and yeah. being able to just like walk into a grocery store and know exactly what you want and where it is. And I don't know. I, I just think that there's so many small things that pose mm -hmm. a challenge when living abroad and, you know... Like, hats off to you for doing that with a new job and, you know, a new person in your life where you have to kind of conform your schedule and mindset around. Because yeah. it's, I think it was probably harder for you 
than it was for me because I was at least in my normal spot. Like, I was at home, I was living with a roommate, I had my family close, and your support system was all back here with me. Mm-hmm. And one can only do so much from afar or through a screen. Yeah. And so I know it was a challenging year for you, but I'm really freaking proud of you. Thanks. And I always will be, but that's some badass stuff Thanks, like, for you to be able to do that. So. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you. There was a lot of tears on FaceTime that I know that... That's from both of us. Yeah, from both, but, but that's but that's important too, is being able to be your full, complete, sensitive, emotional self too, and being able to share the vulnerabilities and wanting to, wanting to like, I think for both of us, something that we share is we don't love asking for help of the other person. Um, but I think that's really I'm imp- stubborn. Yeah. Oh, but both of us are, and both of us want to be self sufficient. But I think what was really important is that it was important for us to learn how to ask for help and to express how we were feeling, and mm-hmm. so. Fast forward, um, a year after I'd moved out to London, um, we decided collectively um, that it was the best decision for me to move back, both professionally and personally. And so moved back, lived with my parents for a little bit. And then after, call it a year and a half almost of dating, we moved in together to our first apartment together. So here we are in the heart of San Francisco uh, recording this podcast. Um, and <laughs> after two years of dating, um, a lot of it long distance, a lot of it living together, but wouldn't want to have it any other way. Amen, girl. Yeah. Um, okay. So we just gave a really long story and I'm mindful that we, you know, I, I just hope the listeners are enjoying the story. And you know, it's actually funny. I don't, I don't know if you know this. A lot of people, when I started posting about you, thought you were British. Hello there, puppet. There you go. There's the <laughs> accent. But it was funny because I had this new boy that I was posting about and they all thought that you were... Um, it's like, oh, she did it. She found her British husband. Exactly. <laughs> everyone, everyone was hoping that I was not going to find my British husband so that I would make sure I moved home. So when they found out that he was uh, a Californian, they were they were very, very happy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So obviously this, this podcast is about being confident, about owning your shit. And, yep, I used a swear word. And... Well, we'll beep it if we need to. Exactly. (laughs) So what about our relationship allows you to be your full, authentic self? Something to be said about going through life not having to worry about being judged or ridiculed. I... I never have to worry about you thinking I'm a mega nerd for liking anime or playing video games. Or even if you do think I'm a nerd, it's not in a negative light. Like, I don't have to walk on eggshells in this partnership. I don't have to over-explain myself or the why. I mean, sometimes I want to because I just enjoy communicating with you in that way. But I truly feel free. And empowered to do what I want on a day-to-day. Like, you want me to see my friends. You want me to see my family. You want me to have time to myself. And I don't know if partners are like that. Or at least support their partner in their journey for their own personal... I don't want to say well-being, but... Through their own individual journeys outside Mm -hmm. of them. Because, yes, partners, I believe, spend a vast majority of their lives together. But I think it's very easy... We all have friends like this who latch on to their couples and are like bound at the hip. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of us thrive in that environment. 
and mm-hmm. just knowing that, like, I just feel empowered to do what's best for me and for us, mm-hmm. I think allows me to just live free and yeah. feel free. Obviously, I'm not because I'm aligned to you and I will always be aligned to you. But I'm allowed to go through life without having to worry. Yeah. And it's because you support me in that way. And so I, I think that that is truly how I feel our relationship has progressed. And I get to now, you know, really kind of own that narrative of being like my best self for me, but also for my partner. It's not just for my partner or just for me. It's a blend of both, which I think is beautiful. That was really well said. And I think there's something to be said about autonomy. It's something that we can be our own individual selves and we can show up in a partnership and we can show up in friendships. Mm -hmm. And there is a confidence that we have in each other that we will always put ourselves in each other first but we also want the best for each other. And I think that there's something to be said about, yeah, I want, I want you to go be with your friends. And I think that there's some, there's early in our relationship. Sure. We wanted to spend all this time together. We, we We only had so much. Exactly. (laughs) We only had so much time, but I think that, you know, from the outside looking in, it might feel like, Hey, like we were spending maybe too much time together. Even Mm. when we started living together here, we had to figure out a new rhythm. And I think that, now that we've been dating for even a couple of years where time has just flown, I think now we've figured out like, hey, this is our partnership. We're, we're owning it. And we also can be our individual selves and do our own things. I'm in a social group that you're not a part of. Mm-mm. You have a lot of friends <laughs> in the East Bay. You play video games. Like there's a lot of things that we, that we, there's a lot of things that we do on our own time because we have our own interests and that's okay. And I think that's something that's really important about our relationship that I hope that we continue to foster um, too. And I think that something that you like allow me to be my full self is knowing that I think something that a lot of maybe women and men struggle with also is body image. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important to, communicate how you're feeling about your partner and the the attraction that you have towards your partner Hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And I think that no matter where I am with, with my body and how I'm taking care of my body, I might not be feeling great about myself. And I think that there's something that you always remind me is how beautiful I am. And something that you said early on in our relationship, which I love and cherish so much is the first thing you fell in love with was my mind. And Mm -hmm. you said that to me. And I remember that that didn't have to do anything with what I was wearing, how much makeup I did or did not have on. But like you saw me and you saw my intellect and you you saw how I was showing up. And I know that it it was my mind and my heart that you really fell in love with first. And I think that that's something that allowed me to really show up as me all the time, every time we met. And I knew that I felt safe with you. No, oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, what about our relationship allows you to feel confident about the future? We talk about the future a lot. Sometimes too much. Probably too um, much. I, hmm. 
What about a relationship makes me feel confident about the future? I mean, I think continuously learning about somebody is really important. Mm -hmm. I think the problem with being status quo or just comfortable is like you gotta get used to them. Uh, you get everything is normal and like you don't find new things to appreciate or learn in that process and I I think something that I'm excited for is to continue to learn about you because we still do that every week I don't know if we do it every day um, but we do it often and not only do we learn about each other but we also express gratitude so I think just being able to live in the moment but also appreciate what the future has to offer is really important like obviously, you know, the whole getting married, having kids, all of that is super exciting. Um, but I'm ex I'm ex I love the idea of growing old with you. I like the idea of having children with you and it's something just about like your warmth that I, I first of all, I know you'll be a great mother and a, you know, a great partner as we continue to age, but I just know that there's going to be more and more to uncover as we kind of get mm. to these next life moments. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited too. Thanks for saying that. You're welcome. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard because there's like so much to pull from. And, you know, I know if I had like time to prep, I probably would have been able to boom, boom, boom. But um, where do you stand on that? I think that's something that I love about our partnership is that it's a true partnership. I think that that's something that people say, oh, like it's my partner. Like we we show up 100, 100 in this relationship. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I think that how we show up for each other now, I think is going to carry over and how we show up in the future when we do have a family, when we do have other humans or dogs in dogs the future sure. dogs in the future and i think that's some, for sure yeah <laughs> dogs and humans just and not I, cats sorry yeah we we have a we have a cat nephew and we love him shout out to leroy <laughs> and i think that's something that i love about our relationship is we're always laughing we, we never take ourselves too seriously yeah you're pretty funny i am pretty funny thank you so much for saying that let's we got it on the record it's not scripted i am at all. funny exactly no it's not scripted how could it be how could it be scripted but you're also really funny and you don't take life too seriously and i think that that's so important because there's so much hard like there are so many hard and horrible things happening in the world and i think that all you sometimes have in control is how you show up every day, how you show up with your partner, how you show up with your friends and your family, mm. how you show up at work. And I think that it's really important that we continue to laugh and you're like, you're right, show gratitude. And I think that that's something that both of us do very naturally. And so I'm, that makes me feel really, really confident for the future that you're going to be an amazing husband and being an amazing dad and being an amazing uh, son-in-law and brother-in-law. Yeah. And I think that, um, you're already such an amazing grandson. And I think that just how you show up in the world and how you show up for your people makes me confident that we're just going to do amazing things as we continue to grow old together. I mean, yeah, there's going to be its own. I, I agree. I think growing old together inevitably brings its own new set of challenges. Yeah. Which are to be determined because we're not fortune tellers. Um, yeah. But 
it kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning about conflict resolution. I mean, if you can resolve conflict mm-hmm. in an effective and productive manner without losing your cool with somebody, that's how friends stay together forever. That's how partners stay together forever. It's like being able to look somebody in the eye, tell them what you think in a way that both of you understand and be able to grow from that experience. If you can't have that, you're not going to be friends with that person forever. Mm-hmm. Or you just won't be that close with them forever. Mm-hmm. But with a partner who you have to be that close with, if you don't have that, it's not going to last. And so I'm excited to continue to resolve conflicts with you. Me whether too. it's between us, our pets, our family, yeah, you know, our landlords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. We could do a whole <laughs> podcast about oh. housing. Yeah. But, um, but I think even today we, we navigated a challenging topic. Oh, yeah. And we had a conversation and it didn't end so well and we revisited it, but we didn't yell at each other. We just spoke. Yeah. And we hugged and we continued to revisit it. And, you know, it ended with us just having a miscommunication and saying that, you know, I, I didn't mean what you heard and I want to try again. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And how many hours later we're doing this podcast about how much we appreciate each other and how much we love our partnership and how much we are so excited for the future. Mm-hmm. But again, not not everything you see on Instagram and the TikTok and the all TikTok. these the TikTok the and, exactly. <laughs> but not everything you, not everything you see on social media is like resembles perfect relationships. Not at all. Not and at so all. I think that that's something to really think about. So as we kind of wrap up yeah. this podcast about romantic relationships and really standing in your authentic being, what is a piece of wisdom or advice you have to others who maybe are single right now? Maybe folks who want to actively date, but also folks who are maybe just finding themselves. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes me think back to, like, the real purpose of this podcast is, like, owning your own narrative. Um, I think people are innately attracted to people who are happy within themselves. Mm. And I found you when I was least looking for somebody. But I was I was happy with what I was doing. I was working out. I was proud of myself for my work. And I was feeling good and confident and that carried over but I also know that you were feeling the same way and I think that that also attracted us to each other so I think just truly sometimes like always longing for a partner doesn't always bring the best results because any opportunity you can to have somebody become your partner you'll take it sometimes working on yourself and like waiting for the right time and you'll know when that is and it sounds quite cliche Sometimes when like you're least expecting it, something smacks you in the face. And I think that was true for us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not only for people who are single, but owning your own narrative within a partnership. I, I'm going to go back to this one more time. Conflict resolution. The number one thing that I hate hearing is, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Because that small little switch mm-hmm. creates ownership and allow somebody else to feel heard because regardless of them feeling that way, it was because of probably something you did or said and owning that little bit of it can absolutely change the entire way it's perceived. Yeah. And so I am no, I am no, not, I'm guilty of that too. Like 
not maybe not of saying I'm sorry you feel that way because that's something you know a bit much, but like similar ways of saying that same thing. Yeah. Um, I think I did it today actually, and kind of revisiting the idea of just you know I, I kind of spent this the wrong way. I didn't mean for that to happen. That was on me. I could have done this differently, and I'm sorry that that impacted you that way. Really simple, really easy just to be able to own it in allowing that to kind of dictate how the rest of the evening or the day or the week to go just by owning something will go a very long way. Yeah. So those two things, one for people who are single, one for people who are in a relationship and good things come, good things happen to good people. You know, I'm not super spiritual, but I do believe that everything happens for a reason at times and a lesson can be brought out of most things. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a positive or negative lesson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I think that I'll end it with that from my perspective, but um, I am itching to hear what you want to leave the people Ooh, with. What do I want to leave the listeners with? I think that for, I'm going to start with people who are single and also really happy being single. There's something to be said about really just falling in love with yourself. Hell yeah. I think that both of us took time to do that after our relationships, both with our how we showed up in our friendships how we showed up with our family how we showed up for ourselves and i think that if you're single and happy about it keep going keep doing things that make you really happy keep showing up in places that really light you up keep making friend dates keep like keep doing the things that allow you to have self-care and allow you to love yourself And if you are single and you are feeling ready to date and find your partner, get a little uncomfortable. Show up in places that maybe push you out of your comfort zone. I think that there's something to be said about getting creative, but also being in a place that really makes you happy. Go to a comedy show, go to a restaurant, go to a coffee shop that you really love go to a bookstore. I think there's something to be said about you never know where you might meet someone, but if you show up in a place where you feel like your best self and you're showing up as your best self, you might meet a potential partner. Um, The other advice and wisdom that I might give, and I think that's something that we did not share on this episode, is sometimes age is but a number. And uh, if I may share, um, Ethan and I have about a four and change year age difference. I'm about to turn 32 and... And I'm considered a youth in Sweden. (laughs) Ethan is 27 turning 28 in June. And so if I... I would have never met Ethan on a dating app if I was looking to meet someone. I would have seen you in my filters, but I don't think you would have seen no, me. No, <laughs> I, I, I was not going to go that young. And so what I would say is if you are putting on constraints for age because you think you might want someone of a certain age, think again. And really challenge yourself to, to say like, hey, what am I really looking for? And finally, really... Really own your values. Really own what you care about now and for the future. I think there's something to be said about someone might be attractive or someone might 
have a similar hobby as you, but really what do they care about? What do, how do they move through the world? Um, do they care about the same things that you do that you will care about now until you're old and gray? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, there's no point in putting your best foot forward if you're wearing the wrong sized shoe. Ooh. I made that up just now. I like it. High five. (laughs) Love it. That was great. You you have to be you. If you're putting on a facade or if you're putting on like, oh, this is like super Ethan or super Lila, them and their best self, like you're not going to get the whole picture. Yeah. And then when the whole picture shows itself, it's not going to be what you expected or the partner or the person you see is expected. Yeah. So, yeah. Just make sure the shoe fits. Yeah. And put that one forward. Show up in your values, but also don't turn down your volume. Don't. Mm. There is something. Spicy. You know, one of my best friends told me from my last relationship in, in me going to sing into being single is that she never wanted someone to dim my light. And that stayed true. Shout out to Rachel. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel because... It's something that really held true for me is don't let anyone dim your light because I know that the people listening, I don't know if there's one of you and you're just my mom. Hi, Suze. (laughs) Or if there's more of you out there because all of you have such a beautiful light. And I think that all of them are unique, but really don't dim it to, to try to fit in with what you think is going to be attractive or... Um, or wanted by by the people that you're looking for. Really, just be who you are, and I think that that's really important as you as you just kind of own your own your relationship journey. And so, as we close out with um, with this podcast, I just want to thank you, Ethan. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, for for being here, um, and thank you all for listening. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and this episode and i'm really looking forward to having more raw authentic conversations with others um in weeks to come but i hope that all of you have a great week if you're celebrating valentine's day whether you're single or in a relationship have a great day and spread the love people peace and love peace and love talk to you later love bye